Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Hello, my name is Joe Armstrong, and thank you ever so much for listening to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. This week on Independence Day, Suzanne Santo. Suzanne Santo and Ben Jaffe have been making music as Honey Honey since 2006, and they have three albums and incalculable touring miles under their belt. After over 10 years of grinding it out side by side and making honest headway in the music business, the duo decided to get a little breathing room. Both Jaffe and Santo have things to say on their own, and Santo's stellar new Ruby Red is the first of these releases. Santo's solo flight started when artist and producer Butch Walker saw her play at a show and asked her to contribute to a project on which he was working. The collaboration was fruitful, and it led to Santo tapping Walker to produce her first record under her own name. That new record, Ruby Red, is evocative, haunting, and replete with a dark undercurrent that echoes the California-style sunshine noir that Honey Honey long ago established as a leitmotif. Ruby Red's 10 songs, plus a bonus acoustic version of the rocker Regrets, positively smack of longing, of both an emotional and a carnal nature. Walker's production crackles, drums snap, guitars grind and screech, and keyboard pedal tones set a stage for Santo's scorching vocals and melodic violin work. Santo's lyrics pull no punches and spare no lives. She knows the effect of a vulgar word or brazen tease when it lands on her listeners' ears. But if you ask Santo what Ruby Red is about, for all its lust, longing, blood, and fire, she will tell you that the record is about accountability, a fine and resonant topic for an artist striking out on their own and finding that their wings will carry them as far as they're willing to go. Welcome to Independence Day, Suzanne Santo. Oh, hello. Hello, Suzanne. How are you? (laughs) I feel really good. Yeah, you look good. Oh, thank you. You should, man. You've got a really cool thing happening in your world. You have your very first solo album. I do. Coming out. Now, people know you from Honey Honey, which has been around good Mm -hmm. good many years. You guys have three records. Yep. Uh, Tour around, do this professionally, and you've got adoring fans far and wide. (laughs) But that's it. I mean, seriously, it's a really auspicious thing to do your first solo record. Right. You know, and... I, I can tell, like I can feel like like the responsibility and the weight. Like I can almost, it's palpable. Like I can see it on your <laughs> shoulders, but you've made something really, really, it's, I was saying beautiful. Beautiful is not exactly the right word, although it is beautiful. Um, I, I, had, I had a special thing with your record because usually I don't get the record before I do the interviews. Like right. sometimes I might hear a track or two, but I've had a chance oh. to live with this record. You have. I and gave it to you last week. You did. <laughs> um, and man, like, you're kicking ass. Oh my, thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate it. With this, so, <laughs> like, coming out of Honey Honey, the first thing I want to get to is, um, like, you know, why make a solo record? You know, you've got Ben Jaffe, mm-hmm. your partner right. in Honey Honey, you know, that's going great. Yep. Um, but, you know, I, I read some stuff about, you know, when you work with someone for a long time, you want to yeah. kind of do something else, but you tell me why. I mean, we, we've been a band for almost 11 years now and have just like i'm sure hundreds of thousands of miles at this point (laughs) easy and it we're just a little burnt out you know we've done we had a lot of different record deals and we've both sort of wanted to just try something different yeah and it's really amazing because we we do have we played a show this past weekend in texas and it was magical it 
you know, it, it was one of those things where we, we're not playing very often these days. And when you're able to step away and focus on other other things, other areas of your life or, you know, other albums, it's just incredible how it feels to go back to Honey Honey and have like weeks in between right. and approach it from such a different angle. And this is exactly what we wanted to happen, which is that we appreciate it so much because it's a right. really special band. But we needed a break. We were just like drowning in it a little bit. Yeah. Like you you can't, you start to get a little desensitized and you know, you're playing the same songs over and over and we love our songs. But even now it's like I step away and I come back and I'm like, man, these are really good songs. Yeah. And I play different solos and we have, you know what I mean? It's just, it's so much more fun to just not beat yourself upside the right. head with it. Right. So. And I, well, I don't want to be pat about it, but absence does make the heart grow it really fonder. Does. And like, uh, I'm not really into uh, astrology, okay. but I am a Gemini. And I okay. do note that I, like it's a big balance is a big thing in my world, mm-hmm. right? Like I can't have this without that. Like sure. I tend to live in the city, but I go to the mountains all the time. Yeah. And I would go crazy. I think if it was all of one or all of the other, mm-hmm. you know, and like, Artists, you know, before like in the 90s, there was like the MTV Unplugged thing. It was like artists were like, it seems like there were a few artists who could do both, like Neil Young. Right. Had his really acoustic stuff and then his really loud, sure. fuzzed out electric stuff. But I need both of those things. Yeah, me Like too. sometimes in the same song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I, and I crave those. Like I, I, I love, you know, beer is a hobby of mine. Making beer, yeah. drinking beer. I know, it's but great. But like I really like some. being sober too. <laughs> yep, me So too. like I, I need... I need both those things. So I, I totally get what you're talking about when you say you wanted to kind of... Uh, so walk me through, like, when you guys decided to kind of break a little bit, like, who was the first one to bring it up? Because someone has to be the first um, one to say, like, I think we should not do this for a little I think, bit. I think it was pretty mutual. I mean, we were we were both having... Like, our last record, we're super proud of it, but it didn't do the things that we wanted it to do. Sales-wise or um, creative-wise? All of the above, you know? I... I think that um, it, w- just like whenever, you know, we had a lot of, we had a record deal with that record and we worked with Dave Cobb, great producer. Yeah. And, you know, but it, it still didn't quite turn out how we wanted it to. Yeah. And, you know, we are so grateful. It Every record definitely gives us more momentum than we had before we made it. But there was this, you know, we're both, we were both uh, approaching 30 when we released it. And I think there was this weird kind of like, oh, it's time to get married kind of thing. You know, when you're like at this point in your life, where you're right. like, oh, it should be, th- this is when that thing's supposed to happen. It's supposed to get easier and you're going to have more money. And, you know, and, it, and that didn't happen. She's so like, I got some news <laughs> for you. <laughs> I, I hate to break it to you. But, well, I, let me rephrase. You know what? It did happen. Like, we definitely made more money. Like, as you tour and tour, you, you right. make you know, your guarantees go up. and But I think we were expecting it to get easier in, in that way, whereas you, we still have to hustle. And yeah. and I don't begrudge that. You know, I, I love the road. I love meeting people. I love singing for people. Live performance is the reason why I wanted to do this in the first place. Right. Um, that and writing songs. <laughs> right. But we were both just kind of tired. I mean, we, we were on the road for like eight months out of the year and... You know, there's there's a loneliness. You miss your friends. You miss your family. Um, and we just made the effort to start thinking about it. And then Butch Walker came into my life. We we were opening for J.D. McPherson. Um, I want to say it was 2016. Yeah, January 2016. And 
Butch was at the show and was like, hey, I love your fiddle playing and your voice. Do you want to sing on my record? And I was like, sure. Never going to hear from this guy. And I totally heard from him. And but he, you must have known who he was. I, I know, I'd never met him before. But you heard of Butch Of Martin. course, of okay, course. That's yeah, what, that's what I'm yeah. yeah. Okay. We had a lot of mutual friends too. Um, but I ended up playing on his record and just had a blast. And, and really, like, had never met somebody... You're probably going to ask me these questions later. <laughs> go, go, go. Um, Fly, little bird. I'd never met anyone that treated me the way that he treated me in the studio as an equal um, and as as like the boss in a way too, where he is such a well-respected um, figure in this industry as a producer. He doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. And it was just the most comfortable... I couldn't have asked for a better setup doing a solo record. Um, well, actually, I once we did his record, I was like, hey, do you want to do a, a record with me? I have all these songs. And it was like a no-brainer, you yeah. know. Um, but that that kind of propelled Honey Honey taking a break because all of a sudden I had an actual record to make right. and someone who wanted to make it with me. Yeah. Whereas I probably, if I had never met Butch, I don't know where I would have made the record. I probably would have, I would have procrastinated. Right. But it was a good thing to have this timeline. He's very busy, so yeah. he was like, "This, this is this is the week I have, or the ten days." We did like a week of tracking, and then a couple more days of overdubs, and that was it. Yeah. So. And the record that you got out of that, Ruby Red, yes, just came out very very recently. Uh, and man, like I, I don't know, like I, I don't, I don't want to sound like too effusive about this, but like I got, I got a chance to live with this record. Like I even got a chance to take it on a little road trip up to the Sierra. Oh, that's great. And you know, I work in the music industry too, and like, and I don't, I don't hope this doesn't sound like a jerk thing to say, but I, I hear a ton of music. Yeah. And not everything floats my boat. Sure. But like, you've done something really cool. I think Thank you. with this, like I've heard the honey, honey stuff. We had you on the show yeah. with Ben yeah. as honey, honey. Like it seems like yesterday, honestly, it's but it turns out five ago. years ago, which in the music industry is like 16 oh light God. years. I know. <laughs> and, uh, you've done something pretty cool. The record's called Ruby red. I want to play a track from it right away. We'll come back. We'll talk more about making this record. We'll talk about flying like a little bird away from, <laughs> not away from Ben Jaffe, but like, doing your own thing because that's I'll be a, like a homing pigeon though like I'll make yeah. my rounds and then come back well, they're not mutually exclusive <laughs> you don't have to forsake that to do this right you know that's the best of both worlds it is so great. my guest this week on Independence Day Suzanne Santos she makes up half of the band Honey Honey who you can check out on one of our earlier episodes that was February of 2012 I think is when you when we had you on the show the new record's great it's called Ruby Red Suzanne Santo you can visit her at SuzanneSanto.com S-A-N-T-O the song we've picked to play from this is a song called Bullets uh, you guys are going to want to go out and pick up this record. It's available at all your fine online music retailers and at her shows as well. So, Suzanne Santo, the song is Bullets on Independence Day. I am taking bullets out my gun They Yeah, my skin 
That's the song Bullets. Suzanne Santo is the artist on Independence Day this week. Her brand new record, Ruby Red, is going to kick your ass. We talked about that. Produced by Butch Walker. Man, good stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Good stuff. And that's kind of a, I think that's a somewhat quieter song. Have I got that right? Or is that a louder yeah, song? Yeah. No, it's kind of like an ethereal ballad. Yeah. Like this record's, like I was going to say all over the place, but that could sound pejorative. And I do not mean that as a no, pejorative. No, it is all over the place. And like, that's what I like. We were talking about this as we were kind of warming up yeah, and you setting want down here. Like, and rock and roll. Like I want like disparate things in the yeah. same thing. Like I love juxtaposition. I love mm-hmm. dissonance because dissonance gives you a chance to then be consonant. Right. And consonant gives you a chance to then be dissonant. Uh, so again, good stuff. You guys are going to play some live songs. You've you brought a band along yeah, with sure you. Did. You've got Blaine Stark who's going to play some guitar. Paul Doyle on drums. Uh, t- 
talk to me now let's talk about the record let's like drill into this a little bit like thematically like it's not such a departure from honey honey's subject matter (laughs) which can be kind of dark darkness there's a lot of like which is so funny because like you've got like this this like the smile no i'm a very light person but i tend to put a lot of my pain into my songs and it is a little more difficult to put the joy for some reason i keep trying and i will always try um but for some reason the honesty of of this cathartic thing yeah. always like i i spend a lot of time alone and i get i do get lonely but i also prefer to be alone but i have these moments where like the other night i was home and um i just was so inspired and i was just writing and it was a, it was i felt like it was a beautiful beautiful song but it was also sad yeah. and it was just like being alone and kind of like uh, getting it out. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely, I'm sure if I fall in love, I'll start, you know, there'll be a little more sunshine in there. <laughs> I can see clearly now the rain But I, I'm, I am like genuinely a happy person. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know. I, you know, my one of my best buddies calls it sad bastard music. Like he doesn't want to yeah. listen to the music I listen to because it's so like, it's guttural and it's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love Tom Waits and yeah, I love sure. like so many of these things that are like a kind of, ruminate around in the darker aspects of mm-hmm. life. I don't want to live there. Like, and I, and maybe in some ways it's like an escapist thing. It allows me to exist in that world without sure. actually, without like living in that world. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. But like I, I can visit that. I think this goes back to your, uh, the theme of, uh, both worlds. I, I think that we are equal parts light as we are dark. Yeah. So if you're a super, like just effervescent person, there's probably a, a deeper side on on the spectrum for your darkness and it doesn't mean that you have to swing back and forth but i think the capacity for both is very great yeah um and you see it in a lot of like you know it's funny i watched this really beautiful i don't know if there's a documentary if it or if it was just like a small piece on jim carrey today um but he's a painter he's like an incredible painter and he was just sharing this beautiful aspect of his life but you know he wasn't on he wasn't funny and it was actually derivative of his depression mm-hmm. that's why he started painting and he was talking about it in this way that was i appreciated it so much because yeah. it was um just so honest and beautiful and for someone who is iconic in his comedic version of himself to reveal this side was just yeah and he's incredible compared to like other folks who are like on because that's this is a town for people who are on right a lot i think those like in society right now we people are kind of getting past that stuff i think like because stuff is so messed up right now i, I you, hadn't noticed how i censored myself there yeah good work. um i think people want genuine art genuine yeah. Uh, communication they want just like that that just straight shot and if like i don't know you can feel it when someone's putting it on just to be on you can it just doesn't feel right yeah you know people know like there's technology it's so funny like i don't want to just bad mouth technology because it does have a way of separating us sometimes or isolating us because we can be connected to everyone in the world without Mm -hmm. with but like there's like that dark there's a light and dark to that too Mm -hmm. like you're in your phone Right, wherever you are, you can yeah. be somewhere else wherever you are now. Right. Standing in line at the bank. Like I've made it a habit now to 
like if I'm standing in line at the bank, like I've habituated myself to pulling out my phone. Right. Because I'm, I'm, Pay I'm, attention I'm to your like surroundings. you, I'm very busy. Like I'm yeah. booking for this show. I'm writing right. my own songs. I've got this record. I'm producing this person. And I've got this trip coming up. And oh, I need a new climbing rope. And what's right. my fermenting beer doing? And, like, <laughs> and I've got a million things that I could be doing. Not, and I've got a radio job on top of that. So, uh, but I've, I've made it conscious or i made a conscious effort to not get my phone out it's it's so hard and it's a it's a we've it's so quickly we right. uh, uh smartphones aren't that old right because it wasn't that long ago like it was just a phone in your pocket now it's robotic and then it was phone and texting in your pocket and now it's like the full width and breadth of the human experience mm-hmm. like you want to look at real-time webcams from the eiffel tower standing in line at ralph's yes. boom you could probably find it in 10 seconds <laughs> right, right probably right. four of them right you know i think it um personally that mindless flipping through the phone like really makes me depressed. Yeah. Because it is disorienting. It you get so many um emotions packed into this micro amount of time. Whereas like there's no groundedness. You know, you're you're getting lost in this just diatribe of social yeah. posts and some of it's really negative, some of it's really toxic. Um, and it just it robs you of your authentic uh, creative mind right and observing your surroundings like a normal human yeah and and don't get me wrong like social media is a huge part of of both of our careers but there's that that line of like um o- obsessive compulsive uh you know just um what's the word i want i mean you don't even think about it yeah it's mindless and it, it is and you I think lose. it makes me Go dumb. Ahead, <laughs> yeah, well, there was just a study that proved that. Like, having your phone close to you actually makes you dumber because you are not, for this very reason, like, we're getting into, like, social theory now, but you're not connected to your surroundings. You know, right. my forthcoming book is going to be called The Value of Boredom. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, but it is. But it is something. I feel like there is a value in boredom. Yeah. Because that's when I, that's when my brain, like, here's a short little aside, then I want you guys to play a song because uh, we're talking a lot about stuff. We need to get to some music here. But... I learned as a young songwriter, because I love listening to music. Music Mm -hmm. is such an important factor in my life. It takes up a huge percentage of my brain processing power at any given time, either Mm -hmm. listening or writing or thinking about or analyzing. You know, I walk into Rouse and I'm analyzing the chord changes of the song playing on PA. You know, it's just, it's there. It's woven into my DNA. Um, But I would listen a lot. Like my apartment in college, I had a radio in every room. And I would, you know, have different stuff playing at all times. But I learned that I didn't write unless I had to turn those off. Absolutely. And that was a hard thing for me to do was to stop the input because my mind would buck. Right. Like, uh, uh, uh. And then eventually, if I could create a big enough vacuum, my brain would start populating that with my own music Mm -hmm. and fill that empty space up because there cannot be a vacuum. Right. And then I would write. And that's even now, how many years later, that's still a challenge. And yeah. the phone just makes it harder. Yeah. Because now you've got more distractions than you've ever had before. Well, and I think it's really invasive too. Like you get injected with emotions that you wouldn't have had if you weren't mindlessly flipping through the phone. And you might not realize it until later. Yeah. You know, like uh, it's weird subconscious stuff. Yeah. Like body image or like here's, you know, or, or food or money or that's an ex-boyfriend with a new girl. Okay, just next, next, right. you know, and you go through this, like, it, it it's just, I think it's um, so toxic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, here's the thing, like, I, it's easy to go down the road that it's terrible. Right. Because you know, we've kind of visited that for a while, but right. it also can connect keeps us. Keeps you in touch it with people. It keeps you in touch yeah, with you people. Know it allows on. me to reach out to things. 
reach out to people and like talk to my mom every day right. while I'm driving to my radio gig. Right. You know, so I'm mainly talking about social media and, yeah. and all this stuff. But I do think that um, it, it keeps us connected in that way. I always, I wanted to invent this uh app i think it's probably already happened but it was totally my idea first but <laughs> but i where you could meter your social media where it's like you get 15 minutes a day and after that it gets locked and you can't look at it until the next day see i came up with the, the almost exact same huh? things huh? They, they would the powers of the internet would never let this be because then they wouldn't no. get your content my idea was very very similar to that it really? was like it was like a meter okay and you, but you could you could set it and say, mm -hmm. okay, like I'm like I've logged on to Facebook, for example. Right. I have ten minutes. Great. And then you could also set like a snooze. Because mm -hmm. like say you're in the middle of like a really important post about that ex boyfriend or right. whatever. And then you say, I okay, don't post about ex boyfriends. Just, just saying, it's an example. <laughs> I know, um, I'm just kidding. So, uh, so you go, okay, but you give yourself, okay, I give myself a two minute snooze. And after that, boom, app yep. is done, won't turn back on. Yeah. Then you can set how long it is before it turns back on. Maybe it's an hour, maybe it's a day, maybe it's a week. But that's like, so then you've got parameters and you can mm -hmm. kind of tweak those a little bit. And I think, I think I would love that. So we should do that. Yeah, let's uh, do high it. High five. High five. For some reason, we've been high five. a good, solid five. High fiving a lot today. Yeah. <laughs> okay, play some music for us. I sure. want you to hear you. You dragged a band out. We got all kinds of stuff set up. Uh, the studio's hot which kind of makes for good music, I think. So what's the first tune you guys are going to play? This tune is called Ghost in My Bed. Ghost in My Ghost. Bed. And that's the that's the opening track. No, it's the second track. Second track. First single, though. First single. Did, did a great music video for it. Oh, and, that's right. You uh, did do it. We're going to yeah. talk about videos later, but I want to okay, save great. that part. The videos, like, video is a big, big thing for you guys, and it's really <laughs> cool. So, all right. Suzanne Santo, my guest on Independence Day this week. Visit her at SuzanneSanto.com. At least visit her online presence. Uh, be nice to her on social media because she's turning it off so we can, not be, we can, we can be bored and then write more <laughs> songs, right? That's how that works? Yes, please. Okay. Suzanne Santo, the song is Ghost in My Bed on Independence Day. Drinking all my booze, it makes me toss and turn My stomach churn and he laughs at me Thinks it's so funny
My name is Joe Armstrong. Thank you for listening to Independence Day. This week's guest, Suzanne Santos. She makes up half of the band Honey Honey, who's great. They were on our show way back in 2012, if you want to go back into our archives and check that out. She's got a brand new solo record. It's called Ruby Red. And I've been saying this, like, I don't know how many times I can say ass, but, like, it totally, <laughs> it, it kicks ass. Like, that last tune, you should, you, people should, like, listen to the version from the record itself. Like, because that's a... It's a haunting tune, you know, like sitting, like sitting here, like I said this before, like, like you grinning across at me, like it's hard to imagine like where this stuff comes from. Like you got some demons, girl. Yeah. Don't we all though? Wrapped up don't in there all? somewhere. Yeah. But yours yeah. are like you, I was going to say you exploit them, but like you exploit them in a good way, like artistically. Well, I want to discover more about them. And, you know, I think when you, you have these things that cause, um, that make your life difficult, you have to work it out. Yeah. And um, yeah, Ghost in My Bed, I started writing that a while ago. And the thing is, like, you know, you are your own ghost most of the time. Right. <laughs> so it's about accountability. Yeah. You know, we live in our own boxes. Mm-hmm. We like to think we don't, and we like to make lots of excuses that we yeah. don't. I mean, and, you know, there is nature versus nurture, and there are definitely obstacles thrown up in our, in mm-hmm. our, in our paths in life. But even those sometimes are like just chickens coming home to roost, the right. eggs that you, you know, hatched years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, life sometimes seems to be just a process of learning how to get out of your own way. It is. And I, I'll be honest, I, you know, in terms of like my friendships or romantic relationships, I, I don't have a lot of patience for people that aren't accountable, that it's always someone else's fault. They're never, you know, they don't know how to say sorry. It's just like there's... uh so much growth and um, just 
inner peace and happiness to be able to be wrong and say you're sorry and really mean it. Yeah. And I mess up all the time and I'm, I can be super proud and, you know, have, have my ego in the way, but the minute I recognize it and I'm fortunate enough to have really good friends and a great therapist (laughs) that it just like, you don't have to carry that around with you anymore. You don't have to carry around this thing that you told yourself you were right or, you know, and it is, um, yeah, I, I wish more people did that. I wish that our society was more accepting of that, especially now with all this garbage, you know. There's just it's it's um it's uncanny. <laughs> yeah. There's a I'm gonna sound like a hippie, but there are a lot of negative vibes right. bouncing around right Ooh. now. And honestly, they're valid. Like there's mm-hmm. reasons for this negativity. It's it's not because someone is fomenting that. Right. Someone is encouraging that. Someone is like uh, growing that and using it to divide us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't need to go way down that road. No, it, feel, it feels but, like But it's a, palpable. You can feel it walking yeah. around. It's funny because I'm not religious or anything like that, but in a, like a biblical sense, it feels like evil. You know, it feels yeah. like a sinister thing. But I also think like a lot of people recognize it. And, you know, on the, you know, the other side of that spectrum is more people are awakened and activated by the discomfort right which is when people do the most extraordinary things so if anything i think there is a a good an upside to this crappiness yeah. you know my hope is that people will realize that things matter that they didn't know mattered right or you know participation mm-hmm. uh collective efforts collective efforts yeah. in our society um because you know, I myself being kind of annoyed with the way things are right now and wanting, now I, you know, having something like palpable or something concrete to fight against, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I'd rather be for something than against something. But right now, it's much easier to be against something because I feel sure. like we do have something to fight against. And I don't like fighting. I don't yeah, want to fight. I, I want to be, you know, I want to have communal, we, you know, we, we rise together, we move forward, like we want to love I each think other. That, I think that's happening. And I think the, this is something I'm wrestling with personally in sure, terms of our society it. is that I know in my heart and in my brain that love is the only way out mm. of this. I know. You know, it gives me chills to even think of that like to like like admit that out loud. No, it's a it's a physical uh, vibration just the word. Right. Yeah, and it's I know, amazing. I know from everything I've ever learned that that's the only way out of this, but I'm not ready. You have to see this Jim Carrey thing I was telling you about. Yeah, I'll check it out. Cuz it's it's all about love and yeah. like you know, obviously love yourself first and foremost yeah. because then you have just this great capacity to love others. But it is it's happening. It really is. It's just like it's like true like without the cliche, it's tr- truly like Yeah. The darkest before the dawn. I, I believe yeah. it. I do. Yeah, people people have realized, but you know, it's we've we've liked to talk. People love to talk about how divided we are, right? Mm-hmm. But if we don't find out the ways in which we are not divided, we're sunk. Right. Well, it's like don't lead with a negative. You know, the uh, my friend just said this to me the other day. It was interesting because it's like if you wake up and you say, "I don't want to be like this," the universe doesn't hear the don't. They don't hear no. Yeah. You know, there and neither do you, you know, but if you work towards a positive, you work towards love or yeah. you work towards health or, you know, whatever your goal is for that day, it changes everything. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. I, I, <laughs> when you honor yourself in, and not in like a narcissistic or selfish way, because obviously you need to make time for others, 
but it's it's really powerful. Like I I've been really tired lately. We've been traveling a lot for Honey Hunt, like every weekend, and just releasing the records a lot. And yesterday I I did like twelve things. I ran around um, getting things ready, you know, f- for upcoming shows. And then I came home. I played for three hours, and then I cleaned my floors because they were really dirty, and. <laughs> And I made dinner and I felt so full of like, I was so grateful that I have this apartment that I love, that I got to serve myself and play music and not, and turn my phone off and just play music because I love to play music. Wait, what's that? Yeah. Are you saying that (laughs) the phone has an off button? Are you telling me there's an answer to our ills? (laughs) Yes. Okay, go on. I'm sorry. No, but it's, you know, I'm kind of going off book here, but like. I I just discovered it was like the secret and it was so simple. It was just like taking like I was doing things that were positive and fulfilling and like I woke up this morning feeling so much peace and I can honestly say I haven't felt that in a couple of weeks because I've just been really stressed out. Yeah. And it was just these little things, but I I want that to translate wherever I go to other people, you know? Yeah. Because it's real. Like, I feel so good today. <laughs> good. Well, I'm glad we're here on the right day. <laughs> Sorry, I really... No, no. No apologies. <laughs> That's what I love about this show, honestly. Because, the sh- you know, the show is about how we do what we do as musicians in the 21st right. century. But that is all-encompassing mm-hmm. from my perspective. The sure. show is an hour long for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I wanted to skip across the surface of your career and talk about... I mean, we'll talk about the album. We'll talk about the singles. We'll talk about why you do what you do, why you write what you write. But like this is the stuff that interests me about talking to artists <laughs> because it's the stuff that makes you a human because you know that at the end of the day, we're all human. It's the human experience that we're writing right. about. It's the human experience that we're making a connection with our audience. Right. And it's a song where we, may, we find that thing where, because that's what makes your great songs that you love to listen to and then hopefully write, uh, that's what makes them special mm-hmm. is when someone goes, I feel that way. Mm-hmm. I think that way. I, you know, I can see myself in that song killing that person like you write in your song yeah it's kind of a joke but but in all seriousness like that's where that common ground is that's where i don't know i guess bringing it all back to this show like that's why i do this yeah not to just play songs like i want to talk to people about how they do what they do and this is this is the real stuff about how it happens but let's play another song okay you got these guys like standing around yeah <laughs> you've got instruments here and this is the hot time of year i gotta say this is a diy show no, we're we, cooking to, to do this show this time of year in los angeles we have to turn the air conditioning off yeah so we're suffering for our art yeah. suzanne what's next what's this tune uh this next tune is called the wrong man the wrong man and it's a, a love song no, <laughs> it's not. Oh, I get it. That was, that was, a, that joke. was a joke. Yes, just jokes. God, on. where did where did my where did my funny meter go? It's gone. Maybe Can it turns tell? off when it gets above ninety five so. degrees. <laughs> well, tell me just a little bit about this, and let's let's hear it. Sure. Um, you know, it's funny. Like back, to the, I think the overall concept of this record is accountability, but the wrong man is about. Um, you know, it's metaphorically. I killed the wrong man, and I think we shoot or kill the wrong man every day, you know, where it's like you kind of fire out your emotions at something or someone. And it's just, um, 
It's never good when that happens. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Suzanne Santo is my guest this week on Independence Day. She's got a great new record. It's called Ruby Red. Pick it up at SuzanneSanto.com. Also, probably every other online place, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we did all the stuff. Yeah, all the stuff. It's easy just to say that now. People know where to find things. If you yeah. don't know where to find things, you have no business buying it. All right. Suzanne Santo, this is the song The Wrong Man on Independence Day. I got blood on my hands. I got blood on my hands I took that shot steadily and killed the wrong man I got blood on my hands I had justice on my mind But who the hell am I? Suzanne Santo, good stuff, man. Oh, thank you. Woman, I should say. <laughs> uh, we talk about this setting up too. Like women, I think, are stronger than men. Yeah. And I think in some ways smarter. I mean, we need the balance. You know, it's not I like, mean, I, it's I, not I, like men are, you know, I don't know adults. about smarter. I don't know about like, I, I, I don't uh, discriminate uh, in a sexist way. But I do think that just physically and naturally women sustain so much more pain than men on a regular, like 
just part of your life basis. And at this point, you rarely even think about it. You're so used to, you know, that week every month that is like pretty brutal. Yeah. (laughs) And so other things, you know, in comparison, just you just kind of get used to it. Yeah. It's a very Buddhist, you know, life is suffering Mm -hmm. kind of kind of thing like a cone to hold in your head mm-hmm. K-O, was it, k-o-a-n is that how you pronounce or spelled cone i don't uh, know it's, it's a buddhist thing okay it's like a rumination or a um it's the word i'm looking for it's like a meditation okay you know it's like, like you, you you meditate about this cone and, and i'm probably screwing it up like it's my memory <laughs> of buddhism I'm, I'm not a buddhist but like you know okay here's this bottle and that's what i'm gonna meditate about Okay. Like, what can this do? Okay, it holds water. It gives life. It does these other things. But mm-hmm. anyway, I'm not sure how we got that down no, that this is road. Deep. Uh, yeah, we'll Pass the dude. Pass. The, this is good. <laughs> this is good stuff, man. Uh, we never did actually answer the first question. Like, we oh. just kind of went off and running. But like, so it was like, what are you trying to accomplish with this record? Oh dear. Like, um, you know, you you wanted to take a break from this, but you could have just taken a break, like flat out. No, it. It was time to do do our own thing, and you know what was so cool is Ben and I have our strengths in our partnership where we both sort of play certain roles, and when his role was taken out of the equation and vice versa, it was so incredible to see what I was capable of. Right. And I was really surprised, honestly. I... um we we have been writing together and producing together for years and um you know he's a much faster producer he when we're in the studio he's just right up at the board and he's just firing out ideas and i kind of marinate a little bit and you know and when i had just like a little more space when i was working with butch i was really producing and making arrangements um together with butch and and just like surprised that i could do it i didn't ever think i could and so that that was sort of something that might have been a subconscious goal when we decided to take a break was just to sort of like try it on our own and then both discovering these um aspects of ourselves you know that's been really rewarding uh was it was it frightening Oh my god! Yeah, to like leap into the ether. Terrifying. I mean, I didn't sleep for like three months straight at one point. I was Good losing Lord Almighty, my mind. Girl. Yeah, yeah. I go through bouts of it. It's it's no fun. It's a thing. But yeah, it's a thing. But I, um, yeah. But the the thing is, like, like we were talking about earlier, when you're put in these uncomfortable situations, and fear is uncomfortable. You know, your your anxieties are uncomfortable. But when you have to force your way you know, through that juggernaut and that just like that big heavy door, you know, it's, it's incredible because you got, you get through it, you know, and I don't, I don't want to live in fear or anxiety. And, you know, also I have great friends (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, sometimes you just need to turn to them. And Ben and I have been very supportive of each other. I he made a record that's beautiful and he's been my champion and vice versa. And, it's so nice to have that support because I'm still, we're still partners. Like we still have right. a band and it's just like, you're not alone, you know, right. even when you think you are. Well, it's the best of both worlds mm-hmm. because you do have the opportunity to, because here's the thing about fear. Like fear is an emotion just like any other emotion. And anyone mm-hmm. who's been through any therapy at all learns that like, yes, your emotions are valid, but they're just emotions. Right, right. You learn to say, okay, I am afraid. And then you okay, okay, here's my little box right. of fear. 
and then it's right. not I'm not saying it's easy to just set that aside. No, it takes sometimes it takes years of work. But you eventually ideally get to a place where you learn that like fear, sadness, uh these are the big ones, I guess. Uh, capital F and S. <laughs> you, you you can compartmentalize that a little bit. Sure. There's a there's a funny story. I guess it's not funny. Uh, it's from September 11th when they had flown those planes into those buildings on that horrible day a few uh, years ago, and people were going down the stairs in the World Trade Center, and there was like smoke and fire ahead, and all these people are coming down the stairwell, hundreds of people, and someone's this woman stopped. And everyone's like, well, why are you stopping? He's like, well, I'm afraid because I don't want, I don't want to go through this. I'm afraid. And the guy behind her said, do it scared. Like you can still do it. Like you can be afraid right, and right. still do something. And I think that's something that people don't make that connection sometimes. Yeah. Like, and you know, this is much lighter and much, no, much different than that. No, but that's such a chilling thought. But it's and, that phrase. Yeah. It's the phrase that stuck with me. Do it scared. Mm-hmm. Because you can, you can, you know, uh, you're making a record. You're not trying to escape. No, that fake building. it till you make it thing has a lot of truth to it. Yeah, you know, because you you know what your end game is, what your goal is, and in the interim, when you're having this, you know, your psyche throwing out this BS of your stuff and your fear, um, you you just have to like, you know keep going and then eventually you just like drop that crap off you know yeah and it's gone but yeah but it's true like i i've definitely felt that like i'm not having a great time but i'm gonna pretend like i am and then all of a sudden you're having a great time yeah <laughs> you know yeah well is it so, liberating then absolutely because then that's that's when you come out like the fear because doesn't, it doesn't own you it's right. not you know what i mean like it doesn't go away necessarily or it maybe it does I think eventually. it does. I think it does. I mean, for some people it doesn't. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I, have friends, I have friends who are anxiety riddled. Like we go out to dinner and I have, I have two specific friends and I love them both so very much. But every time we go out to, to, not every time I should say, but when we go out to dinner, sometimes if the two of them are there, they talk about like what medications they're on. Oh man. Like, you know, this keeps me for this and anxiety yeah. and this and that. And well, it helps a lot of people. It, it does. You know, for some people it doesn't go away, but I guess I'm talking about in the, in the framework of a project, like an album, like learning to go off and do this on your own without mm-hmm. the person who's been your wingman for this whole time. Um, once you get that, it does become liberating. And it's like, wow, I can fly and I can do yeah, this on my own. And it's own. also, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to fail. It's okay. Oh, yeah. to, it's okay when you don't get what you want. You know, it's, it's actually good in some ways to not get everything you Absolutely. want because look at the people, every people who get everything they want turn out to be jerks. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, there's not a lot of room for growth, yeah. but I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you, uh, you are always deserving of joy and love and happiness. And if things that you want um, serve those elements, then yeah, you know, great. But um, I, I'm kind of used to hustling. So, yeah. you know, if this didn't work, like there's other, if, I don't even know if this is going to work or whatever work means, you know, I, I'm already, um, I'm touring, so yeah. far, people really like it. I love yeah. it. And, you know, it's it's a funny thing when you turn your art into commerce. Yeah. And, you know, you have to, it it does put a roof over my head and food on my table. I got a mouth to feed. It's right. this one. Right. Um, but it's also, um, I don't know. I feel like I would still do it if yeah. it weren't my job. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's hard to explain what I'm, feeling but <laughs> no i get you it, it's a well and that that's a compulsion like I, I always tell people like man i wish i could not do music i'd have a much nicer car right and i'd have a really nice stereo <laughs> and i could go on vacations that, yeah. I, that weren't like playing vacations like i can the whole touring thing like been everywhere seen nothing 
Right. You know, um, but but I do see stuff like you that all that go, all those experiences go in there. Like mm-hmm. you know, even if you get an hour to like walk around a city, mm-hmm. you know, that you wouldn't get to go to otherwise. You know, yeah. I, I can't oh, yeah. tell you the times I was in Tokyo. You know, there's those times like you're on tour and it's like you're still on Pacific time and it's 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. and you just go out and walk around. Yeah. Because it's the middle of the day to you. And it's just, I, it's, I find that stuff fascinating. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little about something you said. I went back and listened to the first Honey Honey interview myself oh, wow. on the show because I figured there'd be some interesting things to kind of like compare and contrast about I'm what you sure. were talking about then and what you are, you know, where you are now in your, in your, your career. And it's very uh, poignant for what you're doing because you said you, when you had started playing in Honey Honey, you said, if you, unless you were BSing me, you'd only done like five or 10 solo shows. Yeah, not that many. Time. No. And the quote you said, I was terrible, was the quote you said about yourself yeah. at that time in your career. Now, obviously, you've done <laughs> tens of thousands of, not hundreds of thousands of miles, and you've got this record now. Like, why is that different now? Oh, my God. Well, there's like a, a whole career under my belt and a confidence and like a good deal of validation of like oh yeah you're good at this you've got a fan base you've got people that support you in that way and um and I'll be honest like I'm I'm sure I, I'm pretty hard on myself so like I could have been terrible I could have been decent you know but I mean I don't think um, you probably weren't terrible I but I I'm, I can totally see myself saying that five years ago right. but I um what's different is uh, you know it's it's funny. I played my first solo show last summer because I opened for Butch Walker, and then I played in his band, like Utility, which was super cool. Did you play because, solo, or did you have a band? So I played solo by myself for a half hour every show, and then this band, The Wind and the Wave, played, and they were great. And then I played the entire set with Butch, you know, banjo, fiddle, guitar, singing. just it, And it was so much fun to be a wingman and not having to carry the whole show. But the first show we had was in Orlando. And like, I was so nervous that I wouldn't be able to, like, I, w- I really mostly care about being funny. It's <laughs> like, I'm not going to be funny. I'm, what am I going to say? You know? And then I got up there and it just, it was awesome. It was wonderful. And I connected with everybody. And then I got off the stage. And I was like, oh, okay, it's fine. You know, and, and yeah. like that was just like my inner, you know, you know, brain. Yeah. But I, I felt really lucky to to get that kind of um, warm up, and and now it's just it is it's it's like I already do it. You know, we already yeah. I've already been playing shows, yeah. So it's not that scary, but um, it's it is so different when I play with Ben. Like we just have this, we bounce off of each other, but you know, you can still have great energy and just do it in a different way yeah you know that's kind of what's happening well you did it scared yeah i was so scared but you did yeah i think i pooped like three times before i got on stage (laughs) like i was losing it yeah that's awesome (laughs) well it's like what's that in the star destroyer like you have to dump the garbage before you make the jump to light speed i think (laughs) is the reference i'm gonna throw in there so maybe that's a metaphor for what you're doing pretty spot on orlando orlando coming at you (laughs) Um, this, this record, like I said, I got a chance to live with it and I got a chance to like, let it haunt me, you know, for the last week or so. And, you know, there, there's haunting in this record. There's like haunting, like you're getting these demons that you're exercising and it's vulgar and it's sexy, you know, like you're, you're letting your, like if there was any fear or reservations that you had, it doesn't come through on the record because you're, you've got the courage to write about real stuff and you've got the courage 
to um, I mean then that brings me to kind of guess to writing is that you know now with these uh, um, <laughs> the thought I had I was driving over here uh, before we did this interview and I was thinking like how long how far back do these songs go but don't answer right away because I want to tell you something real quick like okay. there's certain like people a lot of times in bands within the framework of a band when they go to do a solo record you can tell because the songs they write for their band record start to suck a little bit because oh, they're saving up their songs oh. For a solo record. That's funny. So I guess the question is, and, and I'm not implying in any way that the Honey Honey stuff is sucking, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, how far back do these go? Do they go, like, are these things that you felt weren't applicable for a Honey Honey thing? No, or are these they, like, were actually, bits of things? That these just, were actually after our last record okay. when we had already kind of talked about doing separate projects. I just okay. started writing. Um, and so I started writing some of these in 2015. And then... Um, it was really funny, like when I was working with, when the schedule came to work with Butch and we had a date set, I was like, oh crap, I have to, I have to get more stuff. And I really um, had some fourth quarter songs that just came mm -hmm. out that I loved that like one I wrote in a day and it's, it's just like a kick around rock song, but I really like it. And it's not like some... It's not my most brilliant or my best, you know, from your guts, but it, it's honest. And, it, you know, I think that. Um, Which song is that? Uh, it's called Love Effed Up. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, it's. All, songs just present themselves. Yeah. And that's kind of how that happened. That's how it is for me, too. They show up when they want to show up. Yeah. You know, like they don't, I don't really have control over it. Like I court the muse, I romance the muse, mm -hmm. I like try to set up conditions in which the muse will visit me. And yeah. she's like, I'm not coming today. Yeah. That happens all the time. And then I'm in line at In-N-Out Burger. Yeah. You know, or Lord only knows where. Like I finished a song. I did uh, three, uh, last summer, I did three days of backcountry hiking in Tuolumne Meadows. That's like 10,000 feet up in, up in, um. Yosemite National Park, the high country, and I was aside from like the hordes of mosquitoes that I was fighting off oh, the whole time, God. which is fine. It's it's part of the part of the process. Mm -hmm. uh, like I had just been there. Like my best friend had come out from Chicago, and we spent like the first part of the week, like you know, drinking beer on the campfire, making food, and mm -hmm. like doing hikes. And it was it was a friend thing. It was so much fun. And then they all left and within like two yourself. hours, That's and I was so nice. by myself, like repacking my you know my bag because it's now it's just me, like in the backcountry, just on my in, on my feet, hoofing it. And like I had like this emotional moment. It actually brought me to tears because I had it was like such a shock to have all my favorite people or a lot of my favorite people there all at one time in like one of my favorite places on the oh. planet. And I I was so looking forward to being alone and being out there by myself. But to have that vacuum created so quickly was like and I it was was just like shocking. Right. But then off I went into the woods and I, I loved it. I loved every mm -hmm. minute of it. But then like when I was trekking back. You know, it was a long, it was like a few hours of like just schlepping along and looking at beautiful scenery. And I, the song that I'd been working on for a couple of years, like just completed itself. I wound up writing. I had to stop because I had no paper. That's so great. I wound up stopping like 10 Texting times it, and writing it. There's no cell phone service. Yeah. I was just writing it on a memo thing, like over and over and over. Like the hike that probably should have taken three hours took five. Wow. Because I had to stop and like, as I came up with seriously, like 10 verses. Yeah. Which is way more than I needed. And I could call them down and, and like that's, that's I love, so great. You know, you have to it's that boredom thing and like and what a vacuum to have there. No no input. You know, I did that for this record quite a bit. I last year I lived in Montecito Heights with a friend of mine, which is like near Highland Park in mm -hmm. Los Angeles, and it's a canyon. 
And it's like, we lived at the very top. It was like 10 minutes to the bottom. And I would demo my songs. And I was, I remember demoing Ghost in My Bed and not having all my lyrics yet. And I would listen to my iPhone, you know, memo thing. Yeah. And I would hike and really think about what I wanted to say. And and some of it spills right out. Some of it comes out in one sitting. Yeah. Um, but... You know, and some of it comes out when you're around a bunch of people. You're in your, it's just so crazy. It's weird. But I loved that time where I would just walk and listen to what I was working on and, and just love it. I love yeah. my demos. They were, they were so good. And I, yeah. I really like, they made me like, if I get a certain feeling, then you know, then I know it's good. Yeah. You know, and I would, I, it would like make it without sounding like super narcissistic, but like I would listen to, myself singing and I could like hear the pain in my voice and it would I would feel it from like a, a weird yeah. like outside place like self-empathy but like but in a way that like you know I'm kind of nurturing this art and um, I'm not a narcissist but <laughs> it was cool to sort of mold and shape the songs in that way and yeah. then just walk and listen and I, I had terrible service in Montecito Heights so my my phone wouldn't be ringing or yeah, texting is, or anything a, a blessing yeah let's, let's call it that let's play another song Actually, okay. uh, and I want to come back. We come back. I want to talk a little bit more about what we're talking about now, which is kind of like the process of writing, great, and then like taking that into the studio. Like how you take something is that fa that process is fascinating to me. Like how you take something that's a demo that you love, because mm -hmm. sometimes you can lose that spark. Mm -hmm. You have to somehow like you've created this thing, but now you actually have to really create it. Yeah, you know, it's like that. You write a you like make a painting that inspires you to actually make another painting of right. the same painting. It's totally. a weird thing. Anyway, the thing thinks is regrets. This is regrets. And this is kind of like, this is like right in my wheelhouse. Mid-tempo, yeah. broken-hearted rock song, yeah. <laughs> room for grindy guitars and uh -huh. jangly guitars. Uh, tell me a wee bit from your perspective. I mean, it's it seems to be, it's about regrets. It but is. But go, tell me more. Um, well, it's funny because I uh, there's an acoustic version of this on the record as well, yeah, which is twice. super sad. And um, Butch was like, let's, well, we had thought about, I think there was like a Sheryl Crow and Ryan Adams and the Cardinals vibe that we decided oh, to, yeah. to go for instead of this sad little ballad. And yeah. I loved the ballad version so much that we put them both on there. And they're both, it's funny that there's two ballads on the record that are a little sloppy if you're, you know, if you have a super eye for detail and you are a perfectionist, but I, I like them a lot. Um, but yeah, we, we wanted to have this like, um, mid-tempo sad rock ballad yeah and um same you know it's funny i i really struggle with regrets because i don't want them i don't want guilt i think they're wasteful emotions that are a little self-serving so um it's funny I, I love this song a lot and it's one of the ones that it's like in, in its truth i have to accept that you know sometimes you're gonna have to like sit with your choices and regret them and then work really hard to let it go because yeah you know you learn you 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 just keep going right. but a mistake I, I try to live i'm probably not very successful at it but i try to live by the adage that a like a, a failure or a mistake is only a failure if you don't learn from it right 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 that's the only i mean that's a failure like mm -hmm. if you fail you know like i and i love the phrase that don't steal this from me when i put this in a song it's like <laughs> okay. fall 10 times and get up 11 yeah like that's it or fall a hundred times right. and get up a hundred and one fall right. a thousand times mm -hmm. get up thousand and one like that's 
Yeah. That, that last time you get up is the only time that matters. Mm-hmm. All those other ones just taught you how to get up again, ideally. Yeah. Anyway, no, no more greeting card philosophy out of me. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Suzanne Santo. The song is Regrets. I can't wait for you guys to hear this on Independence Day. song regrets you'll find the recorded version of that on suzanne santo's brand new record it's called ruby red and you guys should really pick this up i know i say this all the time but this is a great <laughs> record like this is exactly what i needed this summer oh my god i don't oh, know man, like like I, it's it's not just because i like you and i do like you but like <laughs> you made a really cool thing thank you like, so much congratulations like what like you've you've nailed 
like it's like uh, like an Olympic dismount. Like you've nailed the dismount <laughs> uh, at exactly the right time in your career because like stepping away from something like Honey Honey, your band that wasn't successful broken. band <laughs> yeah, that wasn't broken. It ain't broke. Yeah, um, and it's just still around again. Mm-hmm. So you're not forsaking something, but like still jumping out, fly little bird is the dumb little metaphor I always like right. to use. But like you've you've nailed it. And, wow. and congratulations for doing that because I don't, I'm not just throwing that out. Like, I'm not just blowing smoke up your skirt, really literally and figuratively. Like, you kicked ass on this record. <laughs> so, I really hope this record does well for you. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it will because something this good, it's hard for like when the cream rises, it's a beautiful thing. So, Suzanne, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Joe. Let's talk about, you're welcome. Let's talk about this process because this is a fascinating process to me. Um, you were talking about demos before, mm-hmm. and then you decided, okay, you got Butch roped in to produce mm-hmm. the record. When you go to go to the studio, like how complete are these songs? Some people go into the studio, the band's rehearsed, everything's ready to go. Yeah. Some people jump in. Like I've heard, like sometimes U2 goes into the studio like with like just some ideas. Uh-huh. Now they have the benefit of having billions of dollars to throw. Right, they right, can spend right. all year in the they studio if they want to. They can take their sweet time. <laughs> they can take their sweet time. But like, where where do you straddle that line? Like, where are you in that? Most of my songs were done. I think I was still finishing up the wrong man. Um, lyrics and all. Lyrics for all those. Mm-hmm. Everything okay. was done. Um, I had sent Butch the demos, and we just kind of we we brought in a drummer named Mark Stepro, who's a brilliant dude, and then I played guitar on all the you know tracks yeah well the um when we were tracking that like i there's a good deal of my guitar on this record which is crazy to me but all the really cool stuff uh was butch um although i should tell you i do have a guitar solo sweet which song you gotta tell me i'm gonna go listen love effed up okay i uh i have the first solo and then there's this like crazy outro that butch plays that i could never play like that yeah but it was fun it was really fun and it was just fun that you know like because Ben is such an incredible guitar player. Like, why would I ever take a guitar solo? You know, like, he can do it in a million different ways, and it's going to sound yeah. great. But it was just fun that someone was like, here, take a shot, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Stretch out. And I play did. Some, bend it was those strings. Fun. It was fun. That, there's something, man, I, guitar, you know, is my first instrument. For oh, you, great. was violin your first instrument? Mm, yeah. I don't know, piano. We piano? Took, I, t- I had piano lessons. Um, and then... I, I mean, don't I play sang. the piano anymore. <laughs> I mean, voice, voice was always my, I guess, my first instrument. And I learned to play guitar so I had, could accompany myself. I didn't want to just like stand there. And I wasn't like a David Lee Roth, like jumping around right. with spandex kind of <laughs> guy. <laughs> Plus, I wanted to be self-contained. Um, so I wanted Excellent. to go out and be able to accompany myself in that respect. But like, man, there's something like so visceral about like guitar soloing because it can be like, it can be very noodly and like intricate and Mark Knopfler-y or like mm-hmm. crazy inventive like Eddie Van Halen or mm-hmm. it can be... No, I can't do any of that or stuff. Or it can be Johnny Greenwood and be like very technical, oh my God. crazy. Mm-hmm. But somewhere in all of that is like that Neil Young, like mm-hmm. barely know what you're Simple. doing. Simple. There's this one song Barely know on, what you're doing, but on you the beach. jump and do it anyway. Yeah. There's this one track on on the beach. Is that what the record's called? On the Beach? It's one of yeah. his records, yeah. Um, and they, it's so, like, it's, like, gritty and nasty and awesome. And I think they only hit, they just bend, like, one, one note. Yeah. <laughs> there's no movement. There's no melody. Just one note. And it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think there's definitely this thing you always have to fight, whether as a singer or an in- instrumentalist, of, like, you don't need to do the Olympics. You know, you don't need to do the whole... Um, um, pole vault whatever right. <laughs> you know right you can just take a nice walk 
<laughs> yeah. And it's and it and it was a great walk, you know, like right. I I definitely have learned that over the years of not having to like, you know, just hits this big high note every song, like right. you know, it's it's it gets ubiquitous, I think. Yeah. And well, wanking is what yeah, we guitarists like to call it. Like, <laughs> you know, and wanking can be gratifying. Let's <laughs> let's all, you know, agree upon that. Mm-hmm. But that said, you know, the best guitar players, I mean, early on in my guitar training, my music training in general, you know, when the, when the solo time comes, what does a great soloist play? They play the melody. Right. What does George Harrison play when it's time to play his little break? He plays the melody because right. that's the best thing in the song. Mm-hmm. Every now and again, you get a David Gilmour come along who plays right. a melody on the guitar that's so much, that's so beautiful that it could be the actual melody and right. you just let him do what he does. But that's like once in a generation. Right. You know, or a Johnny Greenwood, but it's the second time we're do like, you know, he's, Do you know who down. Doug Pettibone is? Oh, I love Doug. I Doug love was on the Doug. show. Doug, I'm a big fan. Doug was, yeah, he Doug was He played on great. our first record. And there's this- Nice uh, guy. The, yeah, he's he's wonderful. And then the- Lucinda Williams Live at the Fillmore is mm-hmm. one of my favorite records Love to listen that record. to all the time. And, and Taras just... is on that record. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Prodiniak, I think is how you pronounce it, a bass player. Okay. He does, the, the, the band's great, that whole period. It, it's crazy. And Doug just plays the guitar like, oh man, it's just, you can just tell that it's him, you know? And he he has these voicings and just I don't know he like channels something. I feel I feel like that about Jim Obalon as well mm-hmm. out of Nashville. Do you know who Jim Jim Obalon is? I don't. He um I used to, I lived in Nashville for a couple years. Didn't like it. Moved back to L.A. But Jim would play at this crappy little bar called Foo Bar, and the first time I saw him play, I almost cried because it was like watching somebody channel something so yeah. much bigger. Yeah. And like he, he would just, it was incredible to watch him play guitar. But his day job is he's Paul Simon's drummer. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know if he still drums with him, but he did then. So, um, but it was, you know, it's, there's, it's just like, it's like you can do paint by numbers yeah, or you can play from a different place and sing from a different place. And it, you know, there are so many like incredible singers out there just power and technique and it's wow and some of them can put you to sleep yeah it, but if you come across somebody who is like singing from their guts it's like night and day yeah it's palpable you know i can you know having seen a bunch of shows like you can really feel and i i agree with you like there's a certain amount of like i, I want there to be some v- this is even a word visceralness or viscerality sure. in what they're doing like i want them to it's be reaching for something they don't know that they're going to get the bar right right the opera singer sometime and is technically amazing and, and adept as they are right. like i know they're going to get the bar right it's like a predictable action movie like yeah. i know what's going to happen like the, <laughs> totally. the girl's going to get captured the guy she's going to scream the mm. guy's going to kill guy's a bunch have of people a really nice you know, set of abs. Right. You can have, have the washboard abs, probably tattoos these I'm days. I'm probably going to watch it. You're probably going to watch it. Um, it's probably going to make a lot of money, but like, you know, what's going to happen. And right. then there's a certain comfort in that. But like, I love the types of movies where it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're the types of songs where like, oh, that singer, like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. That's surprising, mm-hmm. you know, and it, I, I love that kind of stuff in art. But anyway, let's digress a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about just the nitty gritty, because then I'm going to kick your butt out of here. Uh, <laughs> the nitty gritty of like going into the studio then. So now you've got that week, week you know, to go do in your thing. Like, how do you, how do you recreate that vibe? Or how do you foment a, f- a place and a time where you're going to create this music with Butch? 
Well, like, what did he do? Like, we how did were, he make you feel comfortable? I, I mean, man, I just feel so lucky. There was one song that we had to stop and try it in a different way. And I think it was the wrong man. I don't, I think we were just doing something different and it didn't work. But everything was a line drive or a home run. Like we were, um, everybody, here's what's cool. It's like, there wasn't an ego in the room. And you know what that's like when like. I think I do. Uh, <laughs> I, I there wasn't one, there wasn't, nothing wasn't safe. Everything was just like this wide open canvas and we could do what we wanted. And every, every time, even, even when the wrong man wasn't the right man, <laughs> um, it, it was still not too far off, you know? And it was fun. Like that, that's another thing is I've never had that much fun. Usually it's pretty stressful. You know, there's just, yeah, this, you're on like, the clock. You're on the clock. You want it to be so good and you, need it to you be don't, so good. You know, like you, you just squeeze the life out of it with your anxiety, and I've we I've done that. Ben has done that. Producers have done that. You know, and but this was just so different. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was just like magic or the way that Butch facilitates his environment. He has a great studio with um a wind. So it's a garage, and there's a glass door, and there's this like we would just everybody would like walk outside and hang. And I really respond well to that, to having some access to sunlight and outs outdoors. I, I I really don't like studios that feel like a cave. Right. I get the blues. I get tired. Um, I never felt like that. Like it was like we'd be like, oh my god, the day's over. <laughs> it's yeah. time to go home now. Yeah. You know, and it was it was very cool. But the the translation from the demos to the studio was I don't like want to sound like a broken record, but it was it was like it was so easy. Yeah, I don't know why. It just well, was. Like you said, you know what it feels like when it doesn't. Right. And and it's always fortuitous when it does because you work to tr ideally create that environment. That's how you like you. There's want no it record to. label bre breathing down my neck either. That's part of it. Okay. That's yeah. a, That's a big thing. That was a huge thing. I think. So what label are you releasing, Ruby Red? I'm self-releasing, my friend. Independent. Yeah. Have, you know what? I'll, what is I'll this show called? Independence Day. I'll give you a second <laughs> high five for that. Thank you. Uh, that's you know, and that's that's courage. Thank Honestly, you. and and kudos to you for like having the cojones. Do you know to what though, that. Joe? It is incredible what I'm learning. Like, I have a, a really great PR company, distribution company, manufacturing, and you just correspond with everybody. You communicate. We're all the same team, and I mean, I don't want to like poo-poo record labels, but like, I don't know. I mean, I'm one person. And I'm coordinating these things, and it's really not that hard. Yeah. And um, I, I mean, I'm sure it would. There, would, I'd have more time if other people were doing it. But it has been so rewarding um, to learn through this business side of releasing records, and know that, like, oh my god, I get to own this thing. Yeah. That is the nicest feeling in the world. I, I really like for me right now, <laughs> but I. I feel really grateful that I have the opportunity to actually own my own music, which is yeah. sad in a way. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Like, this comes up a lot on the show because that's, that was kind of how the show, what it grew out of. Like, I was at the pub talking right. with my musician friends about, mm -hmm. like, how are you all, how are we all dealing with the changes in the industry? Right. You know, because for the longest time, we knew what the paradigm was. Right. You got a band, 
or whatever. You wrote some songs. You tried to get your friends to show up to shows. Try to get enough of your friends to show up to shows right. to get an A and R person to be interested in the band. Mm-hmm. Then you try to get the band to be in, the A and R person to be interested enough to like give mo- to give you money right. to make a record, and then hopefully get to that level where then you're on tour because this is expensive. These are expensive yeah. propositions, and that all kind of went out the window, right? Well, and it, sorry, Go it, ahead. it was just it was. Uh, it seems like if you're looking at it from that perspective, Jake Slichter's book, he was the drummer from uh, Semisonic, wrote a book okay. called So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star. And he talked about that ride, mm-hmm. like closing time, yeah. that whole song, because it was a big ride for them. Oh my God. And they got to see how the industry like lifted them up and then- Spit them out. Dropped them off. Yeah. That was it, you know? And it's easy to go negative on this, but think record labels have evolved. Mm-hmm. They've changed. But in some ways, that 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 bloated version of the way the industry was- Kind of got what it deserved, right? It was to the point where it was it was so exploitative on the from oh, the label side. Oh, there's so much side. indulgence. And there's I mean, so it much was, indulgence. There's a lot of crime too. I mean, a lot yeah. of the stuff the that labels were doing. Was I could tell, like being highway robbery, <laughs> being taken out to Lakers games. Yeah, from someone who I knew who worked at a record label, a major record label, and we went up to the you know tickets were free, and yeah. that was some artist's money mm-hmm. that they had paid. No, I mean, maybe it was. Oh yeah, maybe it was Michael Jackson, but whatever. Like that yeah. money went into the pot, yeah, and then it, that was his expense account. So okay, we now the tickets to the game, which aren't cheap. Okay, let's go get some beers. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah, I'm buying. He says two beers, twenty five bucks. Okay, get some nachos. He says, That's and, I'm, and, I'm, and all I can think of is like I'm thinking of some band in a van, right, in Amarillo, right, who's got a flat tire, who's like trying to get the record label to send him Absolutely. whatever. So. Anyway, like it's not all bad. Like anything else, nothing's all good. Nothing's all bad. Hitler like dogs is the joke I like to use. But, <laughs> but oh, <laughs> but anyway. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going off on a tangent. But like, labels have changed, and you're doing this on your own, and mm-hmm. you've learned a great deal. I have, and don't get me wrong. Like you know, I think part of this is the merits of Honey Honey. Like that is our mothership. So we use that right. to promote. We have gone, you know, done a lot of podcasts. Done a lot. We have some. You know, we have a nice sized resume and I think are lucky enough to not need a label. Right. But, you know, if you're a new artist and you've never released anything and you need people to help, you know, help you learn, you know, the path. Like they, there is a purpose for, for labels, but it, it's funny because I, I do think that like, you know, the just kind of beguiling aspect is dying out because people are realizing how how ridiculous it is like we when we were 22 actually i shouldn't name ages um but when we were younger like we had record companies and they'd be taking us out and like spending all this money but it was coming out of our pockets and you don't realize that they're spending against future earnings that you haven't even done yet you know that kind of stuff is is so uh i mean i'm not bitter about it like i've learned i know what it means i know how it goes but, you know, it's sad, too, because, like, if you aren't able to get out of that or you're stuck in a deal, that will change your life or tarnish your career, yeah. you know, if you if you get stuck. But um, at this point, it just feels right to own your own material. Yeah. It's the time for that. Yeah. You know, you... I mean, you sp- I spend so much time working on it and, and nurturing it and loving it and and like it's like you it's like i mean it's so dramatic but it's like giving your babies away yeah you know i i just um at the end of the day it would be so nice to have a comfortable future or living and know that like you put your time in yeah and like it's 
it's that I'm worthy of that. And so are, are all the other people that are doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And there are a lot of people in this town. I mean, yeah. everywhere, I guess. Everybody's doing it. I mean, that's the funny thing. You know, that's, again, the kind of the, the tenet or the concept of this show is that the show is called Independence Day T apostrophe F. I know. Possessive. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, you know, sometimes I'll have somewhat bigger name people on the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yourself, honey, honey. Like, uh-huh. I, thank you for thank you. Know, coming oh. to do my little podcast. But... It's like sometimes I deal with PR people mm-hmm. and they're, you know, well, you know, why should I, you know, why should this band be on your particular show? And sometimes I have to say, well, like other than the fact that I'm a professional and I've been doing this a very long time and I've, mm-hmm. I've got a good resume myself is that every artist to some extent is independent right. in 2017. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, arguably one of the biggest people in the business today, reaches her fans directly right. through Twitter. Right. And in that she's independent, mm-hmm. direct reach to her fans. Now mm-hmm. she's got a big support structure. But it's very different than it used to be. It is. And I think there's one last thing I want to say. There's this misconception of uh, people making you think that you need them. Like a label, like, you know, and, and sometimes you do. Every every project, every band or artist is different. And they do need that extra, you know, hand, you know, or teammate or whatever. Um, but... It's like it's kind of this like full circle. It's like you realize what you're capable of when you take yourself out of that comfort zone and you try things on your own. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, I don't think I need them. You know, I I can do this and I can do this. I can also do that. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're having this like entirely different experience in the music industry. And, um, it's mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. It's just like taking you out of this system and cycle. Yeah. I, I for one, honestly, like I can't wait to see what this record does for you. Oh, thank you. And what you. it does in your career. Because you've got you've it's again, it's the best of both worlds. You've got Honey Honey, still a fully functional, viable band. Like yeah. I don't want to say as a safety net, because it's not an alternate. It's another version of you and sure. what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still got that, but now you've got this too. Yeah. You've got your own thing. You know, yeah. and that's that's a really cool thing. Play play me one last song. Okay, I am totally going to kick you out of here. Oh I don't, don't want to yeah. kick you out of here because <laughs> I love talking about these things. Um, um, but tell me what this last song is. This next song is called "Best Out of Me." Okay, a little yeah. bit about it. Um, it's it's one of those um, sad love songs, but uh, really about you know, kind of how do I say this? Um navigating through some choppy waters and not, you know, sinking to the bottom and and kind of saving yourself a little bit and no, knowing when to um get up <laughs> for the for the 11th time. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, Suzanne Santo, uh this is her and accompanying her actually Blaine Stark on electric guitar, Paul Doyle on drums. Those guys are great, cool dudes too. Uh this is the song Best Out of Me on Independence Day. in me I got lost in the anger that roars over me like a tidal wave of rotten bewitched and begotten from broken things inside of me 
I shelled out at you the night before Still scattered like shrapnel all over the floor And I'm sweeping and I'm dusting I'm desperately busting my back To get you back to my door You can ride me off, honey You can rip out our pages You can tell all your friends How we burn in the blazes But I swear I won't be A train that keeps crashing and burning The best out of me Yes, I do all those murderous words that'll cut you in two And I don't want it in me, that on it history That bruises the fruit, black and blue Suzanne, I can't thank you enough for doing this show, coming on the show, and the first time, too, coming on the show, because like that was the hardest thing when I started the show. Like, How the hell am I going to convince people to do this podcast? Oh, no. I'm Nobody so knows happy me from to be Adam. here. Um, now, I mean, I've built up a little bit of a reputation, I'd like to think, and people seem to be interested in doing it. I have a lovely time doing it, and I hope you did, too. I did. Thank you so um, much. So please stay in touch. Um, Likewise. You know, I hope the record sells like 20 million copies. Woo! Uh, <laughs> if it does, we can hang out on my boat please, sometime. <laughs> please, I'll fly when, when the show when I sell the show for a billion dollars. I'll meet. I'll fly in on my blimp. Uh, that sounds like a I'll great. I'll give plan. you a ride on my yeah. blimp. Wait, how does it go? I'll give you a ride on my blimp if you give me a ride on your boat, and yep. that's not a euphemism. Cool. Can you bring your dog? She's awesome. Totally, she okay. is awesome. That's just my research <laughs> assistant, Dorothy June. Uh, so again, best of luck with what you're doing. You've got a lot of Thank stuff you. going out. You've got a lot of shows coming up to the do, rest of yeah. the year. And you're the band. You're taking a band out on the road. Um, I'm taking a band for some of these little shows in, um, well, not little shows, but playing in New York on the 23rd. It's sort of like a record release at yeah. Mercury Lounge. Mercury Lounge. I've played there myself. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, I'm playing a festival in Montana, in Great Falls, Montana, uh, Labor Day weekend. There's two festivals. Um, and then... Americana Fest in, mm -hmm. in Nashville 
and a, a great festival called Medicine Stone in, I'm going to butcher this, but it's like Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Tal- okay. I, I don't know how to say it. No one's actually said it to me. Uh, and then I'm opening for Willie Watson in October um, by myself. Just Is guitar. that the run of dates here? Yeah, okay. there's that. And then there's some honey, honey dates in the beginning of October. Okay. I think we have a week and a half in the Midwest. Yeah. Which will be really fun. Well, that's the thing. I love to say this on the show is that, you know, when an artist, because some of these artists are LA based, some are people based in other cities that come to LA and this is just another stop on their tour. But like people, friends of mine in Chicago, you're playing at the Old Town School of Folk Music, which is a beautiful yeah, room. Yeah, I've never you're, been. I hear really good things about really it. It's really great. You're playing in like a little, you know, Newport, Kentucky, which from LA seems a little bit out of the way. Yeah. Great place. You know, you're playing in Ann Arbor. One of my favorite bands is mm-hmm. from Ann Arbor. Uh, Columbus, kind of your home turf, DC, Brooklyn. Where couple, am I playing in Ann Arbor? Is it the. Uh, it's the Arc. The Arc, yep. Okay. The Arc. DC, Columbus, kind of like I said, your home turf, a couple of them, New York area, Brooklyn and New York proper, Philadelphia. So be well, keep yourself sane Thank out you. there. Come back to us here in Los Angeles. We'll to. hoist one when you get back here. <laughs> um, I hope the record does great. SuzanneSanto.com is where you can people can learn about you, buy the record. Also, Facebook.com slash Suzanto, S O O Z A N T O. By the way, I'm envious because you have a Z in your name. Uh, also, Twitter is Suzanto, and Instagram is also Suzanto. So people know where to find you. Yeah, so, I'm around. Suze, congratulations. Thank you. Ruby Red is a cool thing, and I can't, like I said, I can't wait to see what it does for your career. It's going to be awesome. So uh, thank you to Suzanne Santo, also to her bandmates, Blaine Stark and Paul Doyle, also to the Independence Day staff, Del Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. The tranquil Tony Tone Loke Piscotti manages the Independence Day website. Hey, Loke, thanks for all your hard work. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. That's that band from Ann Arbor. For Independence Day, I am Joe Armstrong. If you do anything today, please be good to one another.